You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. We are going to dive in this morning. It, uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Let's go. I'm still trying to decide who I'm going to go for. Like, I don't really care, to be completely honest. I think maybe the Chiefs, but I could be bribed if you want, you know, some extra, some extra prayers towards your team. Just, you know, I can, I can be bought with a price. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Uh, we start our, our brand new series uh, this morning called Known. And, uh, and it's an honor of mine to be able to come and introduce this idea of known, to, to be the first preacher in this series, because this is an important series, because it's all about relationships, right? How many of you have some relationships? Yeah, we've all got relationships. How many of you have some relationship problems? Yeah, we all have some relationship problems. You know why we have relationship problems? Because people got problems. Have you noticed this? People got problems. I got problems. Chad's got problems. Becca, Becca doesn't have any problems. But we've all, most of us, most of us have some issues. And, uh, and so we're going to dive in to uh, this morning. We're going to dive into where it all started. Uh, because how many of you know that, uh, that the world uh, started off perfect? that it started off perfect because God created it. And when God creates something, he makes it perfect. He made it perfect. God made Adam and Eve in the garden and everything was perfect. The Bible records in Genesis chapter two, first it shows that God made Adam. And Adam is in the garden, he's in paradise and everything is perfect in Utopic. I don't know if you know Reuben, but uh, my man Reuben, if you go to his, if you go to his place, everything is like perfect. You know what I'm saying? He's got like his pants are like hung, ironed, pressed in order. You know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, by color. You know what I'm saying? He's got like, I'm like, bro, this is next level. I kind of like, there's a piece that I get just being in, you know what I mean? It's just like, ah, the Garden of Eden was perfect. Everything was perfect, except Adam was alone. He was alone. And God's like, oh, that's cool. Don't worry. I'm going to bring you a, a helper. And so he brings all of the animals. He brings all of the animals to Adam. And he says, name them. And so one by one, he's like elephant, giraffe, you know, whatever. And, and everything that, you know, whatever Adam said about that animal, that's what that animal became. Right? He, God gave Adam the authority to name all of the animals. And at the end of, uh, of that process, uh, Adam's like, yeah, none of these are going to work. <laughs> and God's like, yeah, yeah, I know. That wasn't the point. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so then God caused Adam to, to fall asleep. And, and that's when uh, God reached in to Adam and grabbed his rib and created Eve. Right? God brought Eve to Adam, and Adam was like, Oh, come on, somebody. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Woo! That is flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. That is my girl, Eve. We'll call her woman. <laughs> we'll call her woman. 
He was excited about that. And the Bible says in verse 25, now the man and his wife were both naked. All the men said, naked. <laughs> but they felt no shame. But they felt no shame. Can we give it up for Kelsey and the band? My goodness, my goodness, worship was next level. Thank you so much, Kelsey. My goodness, Nathaniel. Where's Nathaniel at? Whew. Bro, like an angel. I mean, you look like an angel, we know that, but then when you sound like an angel, that's like, oh my goodness, Nathaniel. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. Everything was perfect. This morning I was uh, laying in bed, and uh, I woke up at 6.30, but I didn't actually, like, get out of bed until, like, 7.30 or so. Um, and, uh, and or whatever time it was, I don't know. But what I know is that Hannah comes running in the room. And she, Mom, Dad, I have to show you something. I have to show you something. And I'm thinking that she's going to show, like, some little picture that she drew or something like that. But no, she's like, I got to show you the sunrise. And we're like, oh, so we go in, in our front room and just through the window, it's like this beautiful sunrise. And I'm just like, God, you are so good. And not only is he so good because he painted that, but my six-year-old daughter thinks it's the coolest thing in the world. And I'm just like, how good is my God? You know what I'm saying? But imagine for a second, you know, we think that's cool. Imagine for a second, Adam and Eve, naked, without shame, seeing the most beautiful sunrises every single day, the most beautiful sunsets every single day, walking along the, the path of, in, the, in the Garden of Eden and, and just like, you know, coming to the, 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 the stream of just crystal clear water, scooping it up, being like, reaching over to a to a to a just a an amazing tree full of of, of juicy fruit and just being like like just like you know the juice is just like flowing down Adam and he's like yeah and they have no shame everything is perfect it's heaven on earth how good is that but then sabotage <laughs> the saboteur the, the 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 that slimy slimy devil that satan that total slime ball comes to wreak sabotage on the earth and on this relationship, the very first relationship, the very first human relationship, which started off perfect, and then the devil shows up to sabotage the entire thing. But guess what, church? How many of you know that you and I don't have to deal with the sabotage that Satan came to, he came to bring shame and to guilt and, and, and pain and, and sickness and disease. He came to bring all of that, to bring sabotage to you and to I. But how many of you know that we don't have to come, we don't have to put up with that bull crap, right? Because we have victory in Jesus Christ. Can I tell you? And so this morning we're gonna talk about, we're gonna talk about sabotaging 
the sabotageur. We're going to sabotage the devil. We're going to take what he meant for evil and we're going to cut his head off. We're going to we're going to come and we're going to we're going to learn how to actually sabotage Satan and what he came to bring sabotage into our life. The title of my message this morning is sabotage. Come on somebody. Yes, we just played Beastie Boys in church. That just happened. Shake off the religiosity off you for a second. Come on, somebody. Yes, yes, yes. Genesis chapter 3. We're going to go through this story, and we're going to unpack exactly what the devil did to bring sabotage to relationships, and then we're going to beat him at his own game this morning. Genesis chapter 3, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the animals, of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say that you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Wow! Church, can I tell you, those are the most evil words that have ever been spoken in all history. Did God really say? Did God really say? As soon as those words were spoken, sabotage began to take place in the life of Adam and Eve because in that moment, she began to question God's word. How many of you know that we live in a culture and a society that even in the church, we've got people calling themselves Christians who are asking the question, well, did he really say it? It, Did he really mean it? Is it really still relevant today? I mean, I mean, that was a long time ago. Is it really still true? Did God really, is, is, is marriage really like just for one man and one woman? Yep, sure is what the Bible says. Oh, but Vince, I don't know. I mean, I think that if Jesus was here today, Jesus is here today, friends. <laughs> and yet the enemy would try to come in and, 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 tell, and ask us this question. Well, did God really say that? Come into the single people. How many of you singles in the house? Come on, somebody. Single and ready to mingle, Yeah. I'm telling you, you're in the right place to find a mate, my friends. Okay, that's where I found my girl in the church. Let's go. But he'll come to to you singles and he'll be like, I mean, you don't really need to wait till you're married. You don't really need to wait. It's going to be okay. You need practice. Let me just tell you something, church. You don't need practice. It ain't that hard, okay? (laughs) did God really say did God really say that that you could have healing in the name of Jesus did God really say that too many Christians are walking around not being healed because they don't know that because they're questioning well maybe that wasn't maybe that's not for today show me chapter and verse where the Bible says it's not for today it's not in there It's not in there, right? Did God really say, guess what, fun fact? You can find out if he really said it. You just gotta crack this thing open and read it. And then you gotta believe it. Okay, let's go. A little bit of a side tangent, but I'm just saying. This is one of the biggest plays though by the enemy. 
is asking this question, introducing this question, did God really say? But if he, because if he can get you to question his word, that gives him room to begin to create havoc and sabotage in your, in your, in your life. Verse two, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the tree, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. And if you do, you will die. Verse four, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be filled, that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and you will be like God knowing both good and evil. See, first Satan will come in and he will ask and he will get you to question whether or not God said it. And then he will take the truth of God and he will twist it into a lie. He will take the truth of God and he will twist it into a lie. There are too many people, too many Christians that are believing half-truths that the enemy has come and said, oh, well, God didn't really say that. He really meant this. It, 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 and, 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 and let me just tell you something. You, people are like, well, I believe that the Bible is right as long as it's translated correctly. I believe the Bible's right so long as you actually read it and believe what it says. It's not hard to understand, church. Let's keep going. I like your shirt, unoffendable. Let's go. He twists it and manipulates it. Can I, I just wanted one more thing. Um, if you come across somebody, some group, that begins to tell you that this thing can't be trusted, but they've got something else that can be. If you come across somebody who tries to tell you that this isn't complete and accurate and true, but they have another source, regardless of what that source might be, run. Run. Run, 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 run. This book, from Genesis to Revelation, can be trusted, it's tried, it's true, and do not take my word for it. Read it and research it on your own. The enemy would love to get you to question his word. He would love to bring half-truths and get you to be confused with what it says because at that point, he begins to sabotage you and your relationships, and that's the state of the Christian church in the world today. We've got to get back to his word, church. All right, side tangent. Let's go. <clears throat> Verse six, the woman was convinced. She saw the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. Can I just tell you that sometimes the enemy's lies, ooh, they sound good. Still make some lies. Let's keep going. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. Everyone said, Adam, you idiot. <laughs> Verse seven, at that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. 
The enemy will first try to get you to question his word. Then he'll get you to believe a half truth or a lie. And then he will convince you to disobey his word. And as soon as he gets you in that spot, it's over. Because now you have no ground to stand on. Now what you, what you were standing on is solid ground, but now you're on sinking sand because you've removed yourself from the word of God. And now the enemy is sabotaging your life and your relationships. See, we can talk about relationships all day long, but if, we don't be, if we're not standing on this, if this isn't our solid rock and our ground, then it doesn't matter. We can go to relationship help programs and read books on it, and we can do, I can preach you a good sermon about how to love one another, but I'm telling you right now, if you're not standing on the word of God, the enemy will have a foothold, and he will sabotage your relationships all day long. He brought shame. He brought shame. The enemy's favorite weapon is shame. He loves, he loves shame. Because as soon as he gets you in a spot of shame, what does shame bring? Shame brings anxiety. Shame brings depression. Shame brings, brings anger and insecurity. How many of you think that those things are good for relationships? How many of you have been in a relationship? I don't care if it's you're dating or it's just a friend or a boss or, or a father or a mother or whatever the relationship is. By the way, I'm talking about all relationships this morning. How many of you have been in a relationship and thought to yourself, I could use a little extra insecurity in this relationship. <laughs> that would help. Oh, this relationship's been going pretty good. I just would like to bring a little bit of addiction into the mix. That's going to make this thing a whole lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the relationship seems to be going pretty good, but I just feel if I had a little bit more depression... That, that might help. And guess how the enemy will bring those different things into your relationship? Shame. Shame. So what happened when Eve and when Adam and Eve ate the fruit? Shame. And in that moment, what was perfect, what was utopic, what was right, what was good, now became bad. It became shame. It became guilt. It be, it, and, all of, and now all of a sudden you got husband and wife fighting. Right? We'll get there in a minute, but God's like, hey, what's up? What happened? Adam's like, she did it. <laughs> yeah, my marriage, guess what? Sometimes I get before God, I'm like, God, she did it. <laughs> I was doing real good, and then... <laughs> Right? And then, if hopefully you got a working relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes in and he goes, Shut up. <laughs> Shut your mouth. We'll get there. We'll get there in a minute. Let's keep going. Verse 7. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breeze was blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking in the garden, so they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because 
I was naked. And you know the rest of the story. He's like, who told you you were naked? (laughs) Right? Now, I love being a father. I love it. One of my favorite things about being a father is when I come home and I hear those little feet, and they come running to their dad and they jump off the stairs and they're hugging me and they're pulling me down and they're like, dad, 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 we're so glad you're home. I got to show you. And they're showing me all of these things and they're just, you know, and I'm like, ah. And like, sometimes I'm like, get off me, you leech. Like, well, I just want a moment. But, but in reality, it's so amazing because I'm their dad and they love me. And so when I come home, they just want to spend time with me. And so this is what it was before the shame right before the serpent sabotaged the whole thing God would come walking in the garden and Adam and Eve would come running up and be like dad guess what we saw this crazy bug and it was like and then then Adam like threw it at me and I was like ah right and like they were having so much fun they were like oh my gosh we got to the top of this mountain and we saw this beautiful thing we didn't know you made that how cool is that and God's like oh I've been waiting for you to see that yeah that's really cool and it was this amazing picture but then shame and so now instead of them running to their dad they're hiding they're hiding in the trees Satan sabotaged the whole thing oh man I gotta tell you I have curse words in my notes I'm not gonna say them But sometimes, just like, so there might be moments where you're like, oh, that's probably where the curse word was. You're probably right. Because I'm so pissed. Right? Like, that was so good. And then they wrecked it. The stupid serpent. Goodness. They're hiding, covering themselves. Sound familiar? How many of you in relationships struggle to like be known, to be loved because you're hiding? You're hiding your true self. You're hiding who you really are because you fear that if you might get overexposed, then someone will see you and your shame. And so you can't ever get close to somebody because you're constantly hiding. You're wearing armor because somebody hurts you at some point in life. And so now you're wearing armor that says here and no further. I won't open up. I won't get close. I won't be exposed because I'm afraid that this is going to hurt because of shame, because of guilt, because of pain, because the enemy has sabotaged our relationships and now we're hiding and we wonder why we just can't seem to get close to people. Hmm. Freaking out. It's a a cycle too, isn't it? It's like you can't be seen because you're hiding. You can't be loved because you can't be seen. So now you're not feeling any love. You're not receiving any love. You're just sort of hiding, thinking things like, I'm never going to let anybody hurt me again. Thinking things like, I'm not going to let them get close enough 
to see what I did. Hiding in the trees, sabotaging relationship, and so we wear masks. I know, since I can't really be me because I'm afraid that they'll judge me or I'm afraid that they'll see me for who I really am, I'll just put this on. It's my church face. (laughs) When I wear this, everything is perfect. The other day I was in the secret place praying. (laughs) If you're new here, I tease Christians a lot. I think it's good for us. Lord spoke to me. He told me that um, Lilo, (laughs) right? We like wear these like over spiritual hats. It's these masks that we put on or or we put on the mask that's like, um, (laughs) uh, so everything's perfect in my life. (laughs) Did you see my Instagram post? It was awesome. Yeah, I was like, just made that awesome meal. I'm going vegan. (laughs) I tease, I tease. (laughs) But we put these masks on. And can I just tell you that it's not helping us? We're not wearing it well. Our church masks make people outside of church go, Freaking weirdos. Our perfect masks make people go, well, I'm not good enough. Our super successful masks make people go, we wear these different masks. And it reminds me of my beautiful, amazing four-year-old daughter who gets toothpaste on on the mirror. And then she tries to clean it. And it does not work. I'm like, sweetie, thank you, but don't touch the mirror ever again. You are making a massive, massive mess. I think sometimes God is in heaven going, what are you doing? (laughs) You're not helping anything. You are making a massive mess. Put the toothpaste down. Quit wearing the armor. Quit wearing the mask. Quit hiding in the tree. Just be who I created you to be. I made you on purpose for a purpose. Quit trying to be somebody else and just be who you are. But we can't. Why? Because we're afraid of shame and of guilt and it's ruining our relationships. And we can't be authentic, right? We can't be authentic. We live in, oh my gosh, don't we, is it just me or does humanity just struggle with being real? Right? It's one thing I love about this church. We're fresh and real. But listen, you can't just say that. You have to actually be that. But humanity, oh man, we've got an uphill battle here. As if we didn't need more help being like, you know, fake. Mark Zuckerberg came around. I know what I'll do. (laughs) I'll give them Facebook. (laughs) And then I'll give them Instagram. (laughs) Do you see my Insta story? 
put my skinny filter on. <laughs> Did you see me at the gym the other day, Tyson? Like doing these things. <laughs> Getting swole. about social media is that we've never been more connected and yet lonely at the same time. Why? Because we're projecting this image of who we think we should be, all the while hiding who we really are, and we have this, 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 it looks like connection, and we feel like we should be connected, and yet we're not connected at all. And how many of you know when you, when, that just creates a hopeless situation. And then we wonder why suicide rates are at their all-time high. Something's got to change, church. Something has got to break. <clears throat> so we're going to dive deep into what the enemy did. We're going to unpack the enemy's strategy, and then we're going to slap him right back to hell. Right? We're going to go, oh, I see what you did there. I saw, I see, oh, oh, that's what, okay, okay, devil, I see what you did there, stop, get behind me, not you, I mean, I love you, but, <laughs> getting aggressive towards Lilo, sorry about that, bro, so we're gonna unpack it, the next eight minutes, it all started with, did God really say? As soon as they questioned God's word, that's when they came under his covering, came out from under his covering. See, before they were under the covering of the almighty God. And as soon as they questioned his word, they came out from under his covering. And when they came out from under his covering, they lost their security in their identity in him. The enemy stole their identity as soon as he got them to question his word. You see, it's not simply a matter of believing everything that the book says. It's, it's, it's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. It's actually when you question his word, you lose your identity. Because the Bible says that you're created in the very image of God. That's what his word says. And if you question and break down a part of his word, you question and break down all of his word. And so if you give the enemy a foothold to, to remove you from the covering, then you lose your identity. And when you lose your identity, you lose your security. And now you're vulnerable. And now you're out here on your own trying to figure out who you are. And then you're out there going, I'm just trying to figure out who I am. I'm just, I'm just touring Europe, just trying to find myself. Thank God for my Discover card. <laughs> Oopsie daisies, I'm $25,000 in debt. Huh? Oops. <laughs> we have big problems. Have you noticed that we have a massive identity problem? People don't know they're from their face. Like they don't know who they are. Who am I? I don't even know anymore. I have to break up with you because I'm trying to find myself. 
Yeah, you're breaking up with them because you thought you'd find yourself in that relationship because you have allowed the enemy to steal your identity. You've got to get back under his word. Mm. So what do we do? I'm so glad that you asked, Lilo. I have a good answer. Adam and Eve rejected God's word, and that brought them out from under his covering. And so for us to beat the devil at his own game, we must submit. Somebody said, I don't like that word. (laughs) Submit. Ew. Reminds me of like training a dog. You know, I used to have this dog, his name was Clint. Yeah, it was a terrible name. My stepdad named him. It was terrible. Clint. But Clint was a good dog, and I loved training him. And the ways that I trained Clint was I taught Clint that I'm in charge. You know what I mean? And so Clint would come, and he'd poof, belly up, tail between the legs. Not because he's afraid I'm going to, like, beat him, right? Because I didn't. <laughs> Just so you know. But he submitted to me as his, as his master, right? But we don't like that. We're like, I'm not bellying up for anybody, Forget that. I'm my own person. Yep, that's exactly where Adam and Eve messed up too. (laughs) Right? That's exactly where they messed up too. They went, wait a minute. Yeah, why can't we eat that fruit? That looks real good. I would think I want some of that. Yeah. (laughs) But as soon as they did, shame. Uh Uh-oh, now we're hiding in the bush. Now our whole life is wrecked. You and I have to get to a spot where we submit under the authority of heaven, under the authority of God, and under his word. That's harder than it sounds, I realize. Guess what? Very often I wake up and the Holy Spirit's like, hey, so there's an area you've not been submitting to me. We need to address that today. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, I got to get going here. So first we have to submit to God. Here's the cool thing, because again, it's a hard hard word to receive that we're to submit. But you have to understand that when you submit under the authority of God and his word, then what you're doing is you're agreeing with what he said. And what he said is that you are a son and a daughter of the most high king. And then you get access to every good thing that he has. That's a good deal because he says you're co-heirs with Christ. He says that my spirit joins with your spirit to affirm that you are his children and you are his heirs in Christ. That's good news. You don't get there unless you submit. You can't have that cake unless you submit. You know what I'm saying? All right. There's something that I was supposed to say that I'm looking for. I don't know. (laughs) Becca's like trying to help me. She's like, (laughs) it was that one part, do you remember? (laughs) No. I don't. (laughs) She's such a good helpmate. (laughs) You and I have to agree with the word of God. We've got to submit to our father in heaven. Then we can take our rightful place as his son and then his daughter. Then we are under his covering yet again. And then 
we get to do what Adam failed to do. This is where it gets good. I've only got six minutes. This is where it gets good. See, Adam was next to Eve when the serpent was lying to her. When she was convinced by the serpent, Adam stood there silent. He said nothing. Ooh, it gets under my skin when people are like, the church should just be quiet when it comes to political stuff. Listen, no, we shouldn't. I'm just saying, somebody's getting pissed. You're walking out. That's all right. Listen, it is our job as men, as women, as leaders, as Christ bearers, as the bearers of his image, to take his word and declare it on this earth. See, Adam was silent when the serpent was lying and he was stealing the identity of his wife. He stayed silent and he should have stood up and he said, whoa, 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 honey, that's not what God said. God said, don't eat it. We're not going to eat it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We've got to stand up and we've got to proclaim his word on this earth. But Adam was just this, I'm just going to just sit here. I don't know what to do. I'm just very scared. I don't know what to do. Okay, sure, I'll have it. And guess what? Our society right now is just creating a whole lot of those men. And it's time that we men emerge from the ashes and lead our families and lead our churches. Okay. (laughs) It's our job. Jesus. How good is Jesus? Oh my goodness. See, the word that Adam and Eve rejected, guess what he did? He put skin on. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. And the word made his home among them. The word put skin on, and he was born into this world because the first Adam messed it all up, but you better believe the second Adam came to redeem and to restore and to renew and to make it back to what it was supposed to be in the garden. So he put skin on, and then he goes like this. Hey, disciples, pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, how that be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God with skin on, the word put skin on, and then he said, hey, the things that you've heard me say, go and say them. The things that you've heard me, the things that you've seen me do, go and do them, because my word is now in your mouth. Now speak it and declare it. And and here's what happens. Here's the cool, this is the cool thing, guys, is when we get this right in our relationships, things begin to shift. And so when my wife, when my wife begins to say, oh, I'm just, I'm not feeling adequate. I'm not, I don't think that I can do it. I, I don't think that I'm measuring up. I can stand up and say, honey, the Bible says, our God says that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. What am I doing? I'm bringing the words from heaven and I'm declaring them over my wife and that's when things begin to shame. We wonder why we have relationship issues. It's because we have diluted the word of God and we've stopped speaking it. 
Come on, somebody. I just don't feel like I'm loved. That's weird because God says that nothing can separate you from the, from the love that Christ Jesus has for you, nor angels, nor nothing. Nothing in all creation can separate, from you, separate you from the love that God has. When your friend is coming up to you and they're talking about lack and they're, they're, I don't have money to pay the bills, you can say, well, that's weird because God says he did not spare even his own son, but he gave him up for you. Won't he also give you everything? When someone feels like, man, I just feel like the world, the world is against me. I feel like everyone's coming against me. You can say, oh, that's weird because the Bible says, who dares accuse you from who God has chosen to be his own. No one for God himself is standing there upholding you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> man, when someone's like, man, I just don't see how I'm gonna pay the bills. I just don't see how I'm gonna make it happen. We can say, remember the Lord your God, he's the one that gives you power to create wealth. Imagine if you and I come back underneath the authority of his word and we begin to bring heaven down to earth by, pre, by, by, by speaking and proclaiming his promises and his truths. I'll tell you exactly what will happen. We will sabotage the enemy at his own game. That's what we're here to do. That's what the church is here to do. That's what you as a husband are here to do. That is what we are to do as Christ bearers, as people who are made in his own image. We are to take his words and declare them into the relationships around us. And what will happen? Our wives will get better. Our husbands will get better. Our friendships will be stronger. Our relationships with our employees and our employers will get stronger because what we are doing is we are feeding them the truth of God every moment that we can. We are saying, we're declaring, we're preaching his word over and over and over and over. And his word says that it will not return void, that will accomplish what it set out to do. His promises are yes and amen. Can I get a church that will stand up and declare his truth in our lives? So remember those bracelets? WWJD. <laughs> How about WWJS? What would Jesus say? Someone's like, oh, yeah, they just told me that I was ugly. That's weird. God says that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah, I, just, I feel like such a loser. That's weird. The Bible says you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Man, they, I, I feel like I'm just, you know, maybe I'm an alcoholic. That's weird because who the sun sets free is free indeed. Hmm. I'm just so stressed and worried. Jesus says don't worry about tomorrow. Church, this is our job. This is our job. The enemy brought sabotage in the garden because he got us to question the word of God and he silenced Adam's mouth. 
It is our job to sabotage the enemy by coming under alignment with God's word and speaking it over our wives, over our relationships, over our parents, over our kids. Quit saying, oh, he's just an addict and start declaring that he is free, that he is set free by the living God. Start speaking it even if it's not as if it is because that's what God would say. All right, the band's coming up because I have to get down because it's like I'm to pass my time. I feel like, I feel like the enemy has had the microphone. The enemy has had the microphone. It's time we take back the microphone. It's time that the church takes back the microphone, that we begin to declare when my wife is stressed out, when she's doing things that I'm like, why are you doing that? I have a choice. I can either say, God, she is so horrible. Why would you give me that? She's selfish. She's not. She's, she's this, she's that. Or I can say, you are powerful, strong, beautiful woman of God. You are a daughter of the Most High King. He loves you. He's for you. And I am blessed and honored to be your husband and to support you and to love you. Men, this is our job. Women, oh, he's just so lazy. He just won't do this. He won't do that. He's always this. He's always that. Stop. Hey, honey, I just want you to know you're strong. Hey, honey, I want you to know that, that I love you and I thank you for working hard for our family. I thank you for leading our family. I thank you for waking up on Tuesdays and going to prayer because you're leading our family. I'm telling you right now, church, we begin to speak those things over our relationships and there's gonna be a shift Oh, my friends are so stupid. They never text back. Ah, I feel like they probably hate me. Shut up. Hey, I just want you to know I appreciate you in my life. I just want you to know, I just want to encourage you today. God gave me a word for you. He wants me to let you know that, that he sees you, that he loves you, that, that that's what we're here to do. That'll change our relationships, church. But first, we have to come under alignment with our Savior. None of this will matter. It's all just blah, 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 unless we have accepted Christ Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. It's in that moment that we have aligned ourselves, and now we can call ourselves a son or a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, but first we must come under his authority. So, before we leave, before we're done, 
If there's even one person that you're in this room and you don't know Jesus, like I'm talking about. I'm not talking about knowing, like I know who Donald Trump is. I don't know him, never met him, never talked to him. I see him a lot, I've heard of him a lot, don't know him. I'm not asking if you know of Jesus. I'm asking if you know Jesus, if you walk with him, if you talk with him, if you've called on him to be your Lord and your savior, because if you haven't, that's what you have to do in this moment and everything will change. And in a moment, you'll begin to sabotage the saboteur. You'll begin to take the devil and put him right back where he's from, right back to hell. And he needs to get off of your life, but he can't get off of your life unless you have authority and you won't have authority over him unless you're in Christ Jesus. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.